Welcome to Woo Stories. This is one of your hosts, Katia Esparza, and I am really excited to introduce you to your new host for this season, Frankie Franco, who's a really good friend of mine and also my colleague at the Division of Youth Opportunities. And on this first episode, we're going to tell you a little bit about this new season, which is a very special edition. Hello, thank you, Kathy. Like she said, I'm the new host of Woo Stories, and I'm very excited to be part of the podcast and also talk to very interesting people that I find very inspiring whenever I just hear about the work that they do within Worcester, and I get inspired, like I said, about everything that's that's happening in Worcester. Yeah. So we are going to tell you a little bit about how we came up with the idea for this project, how our episodes going to look like for this season. And also we're going to tell you a little bit about ourselves. The city of Worcester presents Woo Stories. We believe in the importance of youth development work. And we want to bring more light to all those stories and all those unspoken people that do amazing work in our community and that put their hearts and souls in building these mentoring spaces for our young people and for ourselves. Yeah, like Kathy said, a lot of these unsung heroes exist within Worcester and it's not enough light or love that gets shed upon them. and. I feel like these are real life superheroes that we live amongst and within the city of Worcester because they do so much. So this is what inspired us to have the series so we can have conversations with these folks. So we're hoping other people get inspired by their work to be the future youth workers of Worcester and then also for other people to appreciate that they exist in this world. Absolutely. So we hope that this is also a love letter in light of Appreciation Week for after-school professionals to just celebrate all these folks. And with that in mind, we're going to tell you about ourselves. So Frankie, tell me what made you gravitate to youth work? There's a lot of things that was happening at the same time. But in school, I wasn't the greatest student. I actually stayed back a year. I'm a considered a fifth year student in life. In life. <laughs> in life. But yeah, I struggled at first because I didn't really see a connection within the schools or or like I wasn't really getting inspired and and I've been told my whole life that high schools were gonna be the best years of your life. And and I stayed back on purpose, just trying to find my way and I say all that to say is that it took certain teachers within the school that made me uh, apply to different programs. They kind of forced me to. And then when I started joining these programs, like Upper Bound and and it started doing AP, environmental science and things like that, it, it like helped me see the world was bigger than my neighborhood. It was bigger than Worcester. It was bigger than even Massachusetts or United States. So that made me, that planted the seed. Like I wanted to work with youth in some kind of way. And then I just started working after school programs. And like I said, is I was able to make a connection with the youth because they related to me because I was from Worcester and I understand the struggles and the family dynamics. And I fell in love with just working with youth because that's the most comfortable I feel when I'm in a, in a room full of youth. I feel 
most at peace. I feel like that's the most times I have fun because I'm able to be myself and I have a lot of love for the youth I work with. That's what's up. Well, well, how did you gravitate to it? I I actually don't know the story. So once upon a time, uh, not just kidding, but but my first experience with youth work was actually back in Ecuador. Um, I was born and raised in Quito, Ecuador, and grew up there until about the age of 15, 16. Um, and that's when I moved to Worcester. Back in Ecuador, um, something that I did for many, many years was being part of these media collective that used to do broadcasting mm-hmm. on a city radio. Basically, it was this group of young kids, ages 10 to like 14, probably, from all over the city. And basically, we will kind of learn how to tell our stories in radio. And like, I knew that that was one of the biggest things in my life, but I didn't realize how much that really impacted my life. I think that that is how I unconsciously got to believe in be very passionate about youth work. But then there is the other story of, you know, me migrating to the U.S. and being a young woman, um, immigrant, Latina, coming to a city that did not look a lot like me and did not have a lot of spaces for people like me. The biggest space that held it down for me was the Latino Education Institute because Mm -hmm. I was a program kid there. And there were people who looked like me who really believed in seeing me succeed. I was a kid and I just came here and I didn't speak the language. People had different costumes and all of this. And so I was lost. And those youth workers in my life. And then I, um, one of my first youth, official youth jobs was um, supporting this program in Worcester that is called Lazos, which is for Latina identifying girls um, and their significant female mentors or special people in their life. And it's all about uplifting our identities and bonding over the beauty of, of our complexity and like the things that we've been taught to be ashamed of. You know, that just sold it for me. My question for you is, was there any hesitation to be a youth worker? And I say that to say that even though like that's something I wanted to do, I was very scared to like facilitate for the first time. Yo, kids can be punks. <laughs> they can be brutal. They like, could be. I was masquer. And imagine little Kathy who like did not know much English. And then I was like, okay, I got this, you know. And I was like extremely nervous of all of it. I didn't necessarily say I'm gonna do youth work. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't, you know, I changed my major in college like five times and mm-hmm. I'm still figuring out what I want to do. But I think the, the way that I was carried through youth work was because I believe there is so much opportunity in this field because it's not about imposing on young people what they should do with their lives, but mm-hmm. it's really about cultivating them sitting on their own truths. That also contributes to their own healing and i'm invested in that Uh, yeah and i believe the same thing it's youth work is very satisfying a lot of it is it is helping the youth stand in their truth and embrace their identities but in order for it to start is what you also mentioned that we have to embrace our own identities first 
because the youth see that we lead by example in some sort of way. And they also lead an example in their own way. Like it's a mutual relationship. We learn from each other. In order for that to do that, we all have to be embracing who we are. And that's when you start finding your voice as a youth worker is when you start embracing who you are, embracing all those identities that you hold. About that as well, being as transparent as you feel comfortable being. We all know youth workers who have had an impact in our lives and we still think about them today and they see us in the same way. And like you also said, that youth work has a lot of opportunities. In the same way where I see like the music business as an example, when people think of the music business, they just think being an artist and that's it. But there's so much jobs that come out of it. It's like you could be an executive at a record label. You could be the producer. You could be the manager. You could be all these things, the promoter and, and building the image of the artist. And there's so much opportunity that comes out of that. And it pays so many people and families. Youth work is the same way. Like there's so many jobs that have to do with youth work. There's so many opportunities. And it's not just directly working with youth, but having an impact with youth in some kind of way. Something that you said that I want our listeners to just sit with it is that, you know, culture changes and everything shifts. And if we want to envision a world that is better and more equitable and just and all the buzzwords that we use these days, um, not to be a hater, but I'm just saying, um, <laughs> but like it really comes down to the fact that we can't be thinking that the same systems and the same professions that you know, have been there forever to be the ones that incite the change. Mm -hmm. So let's do more, more youth work and let's involve more people to invest, to work from a lens that is amplifying these voices. I agree. I yeah. agree. And with so many things that we brought about so many topics, so much things just in the sort of conversation that we've been having, which also goes to that youth workers hold a lot of weight. We hold so much on our shoulders, on Yo, our hearts. tell me about it. We're constantly thinking about these things. Not only what the youth bring to the space, but we bring to the space and what the world is bringing, forcing us into the space. And we hold so much that it is draining to constantly think about it. And my question to you is how do you take care of yourself? Like knowing that you hold so many of these things on your, on your shoulders. Start thinking, because I'm going to ask you the same. So. <laughs> um, I think that I could tell you a list of things. Oh, you know, for self-care, I go out with my friends and like I take a long bubble bath and like blah, blah, blah. And I think those things are great. And I'm not like disregarding them. I think that we should do things like that. But I do think that the more that I think about self-care, I come to realize, at least at this moment in my life, that is more about having more honest conversations with myself. Conversations that I might not wanna face because those will help me set up boundaries. Something that has been in my mind and I've been trying to practice is this idea of honestly asking myself what are the things that I wanna do and mm. what are the things that I don't wanna do and what are the things that align with the values that I have and how that translates in the world and in how I walk my life. And mm -hmm. I know that sounds very vague, so bear with me. I'm going to try to give you an example of what <laughs> I mean. As a youth worker and as a person, I am 
very much an empath. And I am really good at trying to problem solve with people, with the young people that I work with, with my team of youth workers, with my team of colleagues, with my friends, with everyone. And that is great, but sometimes we do a disservice when we do a lot of that without nurturing ourselves and taking mm -hmm. care of the needs that we have. And if we're going to have a true conversation about self-care, that really comes from my own traumas. Things like being an immigrant in this country and being a woman of color and being a young professional and being working class and being all these different things. And so I just fall into this trap of like, I gotta, I gotta be the best of the best because mm -hmm. that's the way that I need to survive. No, I relate to a lot about what you said. And, and that's something I'm struggling with now and I, I've always struggled with because self-care is what you said. Like some people confuse us grinding and working and doing all these things, being an overachiever, um, going to college even, especially being a first generation student and doing all those things. They confuse that as, as us taking care of ourselves because we are doing well in society's perception of what well is. And that's what I confuse taking care of myself as is like me working and I, a part of me also holds a sense of guilt of where I am in life because I always think like, why me? Because we all know a lot of people who have had a lot of talent that we grew up with and they didn't receive the same opportunities as us. So I hold that guilt into like working hard, working hard, working hard. I can't give up. I can't take a break because this other person is not in the place I am. And I, I'm learning to unlearn a lot of that because in order to take care of other people, we have to prioritize ourselves first. So I'm learning what does self-care look like for me? And I just started asking myself that recently. What does Frankie want to do? And it's a very hard question for me to answer sometimes, even to like watch a movie if I'm with somebody. And it's like, what movie you want to watch, Frankie? I was like, I don't know. I just want to do what you want to do because I want you to be happy. But I didn't really want to watch that movie. I wanted to watch something else and I need to advocate for myself until I like, doing what I want to do. And part of me learning that is a lot of times youth workers, they burn themselves out. And a theme that has came up is boundaries, 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 boundaries. Like you have to set your boundaries. You have to know when to shut off. You have to know when work is over and you have to take care of yourself now. Because once you build those relationships that you're helping people, that could go into wee hours of the night that you get a phone call. Hey, Frankie, I need this, that, and the third, or this happened to me. And me being the person I am, I try to be there. But at the same time, I'm losing my sleep and I'm not taking care of myself and I have to work the next day or things like that. And I'm the worst at setting boundaries, to be honest. I'm the worst. I'm learning how to. I'm learning how to have those conversations. But I'm the worst because, like I said, I want to be there. I, like I said, I just help random people. I call people. I think, they, but I don't do what really I want to do to take care of myself for that moment. And I need alone time, I realize. And I don't get enough of that. So part of me taking care of myself now is trying to get alone time, try to ask myself those questions. What does Frankie want to do? What does Frankie want to eat? What does Frankie want to watch? But So I'm at the start of my journey. But it, we're all learning. We're all learning what that means. And I'm learning what that means. And I hope I'm on the right path. 
Frankie, do you have any suggestions or any last thoughts or anything that you want to tell our uh, Wood listeners um, about how to get started with these conversations? How to figure out, um, you know, their self-care journeys? Be as genuine as you can with yourself. Beyond that, so that's when support comes in. Someone who is supportive is like, Frankie, you work too hard. Take a break. Turn off your phone. Don't call me. Call nine and pick up. And sometimes I need to hear that. Like, all right, I'm not going to call you because I'm going to take time for me. You're like, pero can I text you, though? Yeah, can I text you? <laughs> can, I send, can I send a letter in the mail? Something? <laughs> but that, that's what support looks like. So having a conversation with yourself and those close around you that this is something that you need, this is something you're wrestling with, and that support will validate your feelings and support you in taking care of yourself the best way that works for you. I agree with you. Part of self-care, it's about joy. Um, and it's about finding whatever joy means to you, mm -hmm. you know? And so if you don't want to go so deep in the questions and the things that we were saying about honesty and all of that, because sometimes we're not there yet and that's okay. Do something that brings you joy. Mm. Joy is really important in this journey. Mm -hmm. And it can be an entry point for healing and for a little breathing lighter um in your life so find some joy however that may look like yeah find some joy that looks so many different ways to so many different people and speaking of joy yeah. we have something that woo stories is gonna do throughout this whole season and do you want to do me the honors, Frankie, and tell us a little bit about what I'm going to say? We would like to close just asking the audience, whoever's listening, and youth workers we are going to interview, is like, what is your woo spot in Worcester where you find joy, you find, you find comfort, you find peace, or you just feel like you're just chilling? It could just be as simple as that. Like, you're chill here, and this is what you like, because you like the sun hits you the right way, and the right kind of time of day so what is your woo spot so my woo spot the one and only that i always go back to is queen sigaman lake i just love the water i think of myself as someone that is very fiery all the time but because of that i always surrender by water when i need to clear my mind and like open my heart lick my wounds and remember that I am loved and that there is a reason for me to be here and to exist. Mm -hmm. I go and sit in front of that lake and everything is fine. And the sunsets and sunrises are magical <laughs> there too. What's your woo spot? I had different woo spots in different points in my life where it was easily accessible for me to get there. So like I grew up on Belmont Street the little Hooper projects that's there, which is next to Green Hill Park. So there was times where I just wanted to get away from everybody. I used Green Hill Park as a safe haven for me and just to be outdoors, be in nature, get some fresh air. There's also a little pond there. And that used to be my woo spot. I haven't been there in a while. So I'm trying to find a new woo spot where I could just escape and find a place where I feel comfortable in. 
food is always, always a comfort for me. So I think a woo spot for me, whenever I'm hungry, or I just want to feel something close to my childhood is that I always get Sasson Latino, which is off of Chandler Street. Hey. So I feel always comfort every time I eat that food. So about any woo spots people have, let us know too. On Frankie's style, we hear a bunch of his woo spots. So we'll be sharing those out too on our social media. So you can tell us also more about yours. You're it's always a joy talking to you, Frankie. And I am so excited that we're doing this project together. What's next is that we will be having a bunch of dope youth workers from our community who are doing different kinds of youth work. And they are going to be telling us a little bit about their journey, what they do to take care of themselves, mm -hmm. and also sharing their joy woo spots in our lovely Worcester. So stay tuned and follow us on our social media. You feel complete, Frankie? I feel complete. Take care, y'all. Peace. This is a podcast created by the Division of Youth Opportunities. Thanks for tuning in. And tune in next week as we will be speaking with Vanessa Berrios about being a pillar in our families, communities, and the importance of mentors. The Wolf Stories Youth Worker Series was created in celebration of 2021 National After School Professionals Appreciation Week. Appreciation Week is a time to recognize and appreciate those who work with youth during out-of-school hours. It is a joint effort including community partners, after-school programs, youth and childcare workers, and families. Wolf Stories is produced by Frankie Franco, Katia Esparza, Vanessa Calixto, and Liza French. This episode was edited by Liza, and our episode art is by Vanessa. Special thanks to all of our guests. Our theme song is Gone by More Beats. You can find these episodes and more on our website, www.worcestermay/youth-opportunities. Find us on Facebook or check out our Instagram at Worcester underscore D-Y-O. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.